0: The word of God reads, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the journey that you've brought us on through the Sermon of the Mount. Even as we come to a close, God, we pray that you speak to us powerfully today. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll open up our hearts today so that we can really hear you. Father, help us to truly come to a spiritual understanding of all of these teachings to the point where we see you clearly and we'll want to give everything that we have to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I studied in a seminary in Chicago. Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, best seminary in the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, I studied at the seminary in Chicago, and I remember it was my third year. I was studying. It was during midterms. I think it was during the spring, and so it was like a week before our midterm break. And so we had all these exams, and I was studying one night, and I was so frustrated because a certain theological concept couldn't get into my mind. And you know, I was with a few buddies of mine, and so it was two in the morning. I'm absolutely frustrated. So I decided to call KLM. Do you guys know KLM? It's a Dutch airline. I opened up my yellow pages, you know if you know what that is, and I and I and I called FL, I called KLM. Anyway, FLM KLM. Anyway, uh, Korean. Okay. Anyway, is it is this Dutch airline? And I asked. And I was so frustrated. I said, "Hey, how much is it if I want to go to Paris, return from Chicago next weekend?" And they said two hundred dollars. And I said, "No." $200 return. I said, not one way, but return. They said, yes, $200 return. And I said, oh my goodness, that's crazy. $200 return, that's like going to Melbourne, right? From Sydney. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And then I said, when's the sale until? And they said, oh, it's like we had for a week. And I said, oh, that's great. So I, I go the next day to school and I take this exam and I gather all my friends. I, I message all my friends and I say, dude, we got to talk. And so I gather all my friends together and I said, hey, I just called KL, KLM last night. It's 200 return to Paris during our mid-semester break. We have one week off, you know, we should go. And then everyone, all my friends are so excited. They're like, oh man, that'd be so cool. The Eiffel Tower, you know, the Louvre, right? You know, uh, for 200 bucks, that's absolutely awesome. I can't wait, that'd be amazing. What a great opportunity. And you know, on any other day, it would've been great to talk about how great Paris is in the spring. Or you know, it'd be any other day, I'd, you know, it's fine, debating. Whether there's actually a hunchback hiding in a church somewhere in the middle of that, you know, city, but on that day, after like 10 or 15 minutes of discussion, the only question on my mind was, "What, dude? Are you guys? Are you in or what? Are you in or are you out? Are you coming with me or not? What is your decision?" Today's sermon today, you know, we we just finished this whole discussion in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus just finished preaching a whole sermon. And at the end of it, he's basically asking us to make a decision. So today uh, is a very simple sermon. It's about asking you to make a decision about what you're going to do with your life. Are you in or are you out? That's our sermon today. And, you know, that's what Jesus is explaining to us today. You know, Jesus finished preaching this great Sermon on the Mount. We've we've had a great journey, haven't we? It's not fully over yet, but we've had a pretty cool journey Jesus taught us what it takes to become saved. Jesus taught us what the things that God truly values most within us. You know, he he taught us what it really means to please God with our lives and what it means to follow Christ and that we were called to make eternal impact in other people's lives. He even warned us of all the dangers that could destroy our faith. But most importantly, he taught us that he gave us his righteousness so that we could live it out in this world for his pleasure and to know him personally in increasing measure. It's been an absolute wonderful journey through this sermon. But the burning question on Jesus' heart as he gets to the end of it, remember we closed it off, he kind of closed it off last week in last week's verse. But the burning question on Jesus' heart after he preached this whole sermon is the same question that I had to my buddies. So, are you in or are you out? You have to make a decision. There must be a response. Okay? That's our sermon today. And through that question and through that challenge, what Jesus is actually acknowledging is one of the greatest diseases that have hit Christianity and that have hit our faith, especially today in today's church. And that disease is the admiration of truth without the application of it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Knowing truth without living it out. The admiration of truth without the application of it. And this disease of admiration without application really has led a lot of Christians to apathy, indifference, and even death in their faiths in Christ. And so Jesus begins the conclusion of this Sermon of the Mount with this particular challenge. And the reason why he does is very simple. See, Jesus knew that there would be a lot of people who would want to go to church to listen to eternal truth. And we all know that. There's so many people in this world that are curious about God. They're curious about eternal truth, aren't they? So he knew that people would flock to Christians in the church to listen to his truth. Many would come hungry to hear what God has to say. Many will come to church wanting to even get their spiritual world absolutely rocked by the truth of God. Isn't that why we show up sometimes? I want to go, go to church today. I want God to rock my spiritual world with his truth. That's great. And it's wonderful. It's actually beautiful. It's great. But unfortunately, even those who get rocked by God's spiritual truths sometimes end up doing nothing with it. They they go to church, they get inspired. They go to church, they get convicted. But then they walk out those doors, and it's as if they forget everything that just happened in the past hour. You know, and that's what Jesus is addressing here, right? And what they don't realize is that conviction on Sunday afternoon without a commitment to live it out for the rest of the week, actually leads to corruption in our faith. Admiration without application actually destroys our faith. And that's why Jesus is calling us to make a decision. That's why Jesus is saying you need to respond. you got to do something about what we just preached throughout this whole sermon. On the mount. And the reason why it destroys our faith is because it is only through the application of God's Word, it's only through living out God's Word that we actually begin to experience and understand the wisdom and the joy of living for Christ. It's only through the application of God's Word. It is only through living out God's Word that we realize those things. You know, when we just hear the truth of God and we don't live it out, a lot of times we think we're growing when we're not. Do you know what I'm talking about? You'll hear something on Sunday, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that. And so all of a sudden you realize, you think you're growing. You think you're growing in your knowledge of God. You think you're growing in your wisdom of God. But in God's eyes, the reality is you're nowhere near. You're not even close to understanding who he is just because you heard something on a Sunday afternoon. So if that's true, then in essence, When we hear God's word and we don't do anything about it, and we feel like we're growing and we feel satisfied, all we're really doing is feeding our arrogance and not really feeding our souls. Today is a tough day of, today is a a day of tough spiritual truths, but that's exactly what these two verses are. It's the toughest, maybe maybe some of the toughest spiritual truths that Jesus has spoken so today's going to be filled with some tough spiritual truths, but that's true. When we, when we go to church or when you have a quiet time and you're so inspired, but you don't do anything about it, but you think you're growing and you think you know God better, no, you don't, right? That's just feeding our arrogance. It's not really feeding our souls. And over time, if we continue to practice our faith in that way, then, or what I call a self-centered faith, then you know what's going to happen? Our hearts will get used to not experiencing the presence of God within our lives. You guys know what that's about, right? Our our lives will get used to not experiencing the pleasure of God within our lives, and then what's going to happen is one day we're going to wake up, and we're going to realize that we're that we've become apathetic to the things of God. Oh my goodness, I was so on fire yesterday. What happened? And not only will we become apathetic, but apathetic. But some some of us might even become apprehensive to the things of God. Why? Because in your heart, you're going to feel like You've been fooled, right? We, we fooled ourselves into thinking that we were actually growing. And instead of blaming ourselves, we'll blame God or we'll blame the church or we'll blame our spiritual leaders or whatever it is. And I think this is the reason, the one, of the, one of the biggest reasons why people that we know who yesterday once had a vibrant walk with God decided not to go to church anymore, decided not to believe in God anymore, and because at the heart of it, I think they've fooled themselves into thinking that attendance equals fruit. Attendance equals blessings. When really, we should have taught them that obedience equals fruit. Obedience equals knowledge of God, true knowledge of God, and true growth in Christ, true presence and pleasure of God, and living for Christ within our life. That application part is huge, is so important. Inspiration must always translate into implementation or else we fool ourselves. Isn't that what the book of James says, right? James, let's turn to James 1, 22 to 25. What does he say? He says, do not merely listen to the word, and so what? Deceive yourselves. Do you see that? If you just listen, you deceive yourselves. That's what he said. If you want to remedy that, do what they will be blessed in all they do. What is James saying? He's saying that someone who gets excited and inspired by the Word of God, but doesn't do anything about it, doesn't put it into practice, is like somebody who forgets what he looks like. Isn't that crazy? It's like somebody who forgets who he is. That's what? Spiritual dementia. All right. This is, this is described as someone who's just whacked out, man. That's spiritual dementia here. We were saved to live out Christ's righteousness. We were saved to experience Christ in increasing measure, and the only way to do that is through obedience. We talked about that all throughout, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus says here that admiration without application is not only forgetting who you are, but you know what it is? It's a deeper dive into self-deception. Right? When you choose to just enjoy truth without implementing it and applying it within to your life, that is a practice of self-deception. That's really That's some harsh stuff, isn't it? You know? At least I went to church. (laughs) You You think you're getting blessed. But in reality, you know what's happening? You're becoming spiritually blind. That's the reality. It's so harsh, but it's so true. right? Uh, Jesus calls the Pharisees spiritually blind in Matthew 23. He actually uses a few terms. He says, you guys are blind guides, blind men, blind fools, blind Pharisees. Do you know why he calls them blind? He gives the reason later on. I wish I gave the verse. He says, it's because their faith was never about knowing God. But their faith was always about an outward knowledge of God. And because it was the outward knowledge of God that was more important than, that, than actually knowing God himself they actually became blind. Isn't that crazy? That's what Jesus says. So Jesus is saying that it's possible to be a churchgoer. It's possible to learn amazing things about Jesus. It's possible to think that you're growing, but to actually be blind. Why? Because we've never put the teachings into practice. That is a scary thing. But we see it a lot, unfortunately, don't we? So this is a warning. And this is why Jesus is inviting us into something totally different. You know, Jesus knew that the admiration of the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount, without doing anything about it, would become destructive. Because these teachings are so great. He knew that it would become destructive. So he challenges us today to make a decision and to actually do something about it. There has to be a response. you got to do something with all the stuff that I just preached to you. And what's great about our passage today is that Jesus doesn't even ask you what you want to do about it. He just tells you this is what you have to do about it. Did you notice that in our passage today? This is what he says here. Even before he presents the choices, he tells you which one to choose. Verse 13. He just says this, this first thing. Enter through the narrow gate. He doesn't even tell you the choices, but he's telling you enter through the narrow gate. And what he's saying is, I'm about to share two roads with you. There's only two roads that exist in life. But I'm telling you now, before I describe any of them, choose the the narrow one. Don't even entertain the other one. Choose the narrow one, please. And that's exactly what he's saying. That's his heart. His heart is saying, I I preached all these great things to you. Now, please walk through this one. Choose this one. Don't Don't even think about this one. Don't even entertain this one because it's absolutely horrific. And here's the reason why. Verse 13, it says, For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. There's three things that Jesus is teaching, but the picture that he's painting is this. Can you picture like the widest gate you've ever seen? Just, you know, all of us can probably picture that. We've seen gates before. Now picture the widest one you've ever seen. And then if you open up those gates, picture the widest road that you've ever seen. Maybe it stretches from horizon to horizon. You know, that's it. And that's the picture that He, Jesus wants you to have in your mind. And there's three things that he's saying about that picture. Number one, he's saying that this road, the final destination of that road, leads to where? Destruction, which is hell. The second thing he's saying is that a lot of people are on that road. A lot of people are going down that road. And the reason why a lot of people are going down that road, thirdly, and the reason why they're all going towards destruction is because this particular road is wide and broad. Now, what does that mean? Why, what does Jesus mean by the road being wide and broad? Why is it bad? Why does it lead to destruction? And so here we go. You know, when Jesus says that the gate is wide, what he's saying is that a lot of people in this world believe that there are so many ways to get into heaven, right? The gate to heaven, the gate to eternal life is actually very, very wide. A wide entrance accepts everybody. And it accepts every school of thought. You know, whatever you want to think, accepted. However you want to believe, accepted. There are no limitations. There are no boundaries to what you can think, what you can believe, and how you want to behave with your life. Why? Because it's wide. It accepts every school of thought. It accepts every belief system, and that's why it's so popular. It even allows people to create their own concept of God. You can pick and choose how you want to live out your spirituality. Don't you know people like that in your life? I know so many people in my life that want to pick and choose how they want to practice their own spirituality. It allows people to individually affirm their own truths and to ultimately walk, I think, in their own form of self-worship. That's what it is, right? When you get to pick and choose your own god and pick and choose who you think god is supposed to be, that's like a that's a that's just an individual form of self worship. This road is so wide that it even allows people to exist in indifference and ignorance. That fits. But no matter how great they think this road is, ultimately this road is a road that leads to destruction. Okay? And unfortunately, and this is where it sucks for us, Jesus is not just talking about the unchurched. Jesus is actually talking to church people. And what he's saying through this, when he says this, he's saying he's saying there are people in the church that actually still believe that the Bible and all of its teaching is not their supreme authority. You know, there are people who go to church that refuse to submit of all, to all of God's teachings in Scripture. They refuse to believe that the Bible is actually God's Word in its entirety. And therefore, they don't submit under its ultimate authority. They want to pick and choose what they want to affirm and reject. But Jesus has always been crystal clear that we cannot create our own rules for God. We can't create our own rules for church. We can't create our own rules for our own faith. Right? We can't live out of faith according to what we think is correct and good. Those who do, what? Deceive themselves. They're therefore on the broad road as well. What? There are people in the church that are on the broad road? The answer is yes. It's pretty heavy stuff, right? Serious stuff. But what you have to realize is Jesus is simply stating spiritual realities, and it's better for us to hear it now while we have a chance to change our direction. And to make a difference to make a choice that will change how we choose to live and where we're where we're going and where our destiny is and that's why Jesus is giving us this opportunity now no matter how sincere or devoted you might be you can't get into heaven any single way that you wish and Jesus is saying here that there's only one way and that is through where the narrow gate what's the narrow gate it's Jesus Christ it's only through faith in Jesus Christ that gets you through that narrow gate it is only trusting in him that gets you in to that narrow gate and gives you a relationship with God. So if you think about it that way, it's absolutely narrow, isn't it? Jesus is the only way. And if you go to church, Jesus is saying that you can't just follow him any which way you wish. You can't. The road is narrow, right? It's very restrictive. He is the narrow path, which means that the life that he lived and the the life that he mapped out for us in Scripture is the narrow path that we are now called to walk down as believers. Do you guys get that? And so after all that, the decision he says that you need to make is, are you all in or are you out? And that's ultimately what he's asking us. Here are two verses that kind of state these spiritual realities very clearly. These are verses that you've heard 10 million times. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except what? Through me, the narrow gate. Right. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And here he's describing what? The narrow path. Look at look what he's saying. He's saying, Whoever wants to follow me must, what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and then follow. That's narrow. Christ is the narrow gate and the narrow path. Anyone, anything, or any less is the road that leads to destruction. Do you guys get this? Yes? Some heavy stuff today. But super, super, super eternally important stuff today. So, after preaching the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is now inviting us to take that step of faith. He's inviting us to live a life that carries the cross and follows the specific road that Jesus Christ asked us to walk down. And is inviting us to make a decision. And my, my hope and prayer is after this whole journey that we went on for this past six months, talking about the Sermon on the Mount, my hope as your pastor is that the picture that you have of Jesus is so compelling that he would be all that you want in your life. That you realize, yeah, he told—he's totally worth it. And what we're going to do at the end of this sermon is, I'll give you a chance to either commit your life or to pray about it. But before we get there, um, there's one more thing that Jesus wanted to share with us before we make that decision, and that's walking. What that and the <laughs> what it is is, he wanted to describe to us what walking down that narrow pi- path would look like which is verse 14, okay? But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And here Jesus is saying three things once again. Number one, he's saying that only a few people find this gate and this road. Number two, to travel down this road is very difficult. That's what it means by narrow. And lastly, though it's hard, this road leads to fullness in life and it leads to eternal life in the next. Okay? Now before we move on, let's acknowledge what some of us might be feeling. Whenever you hear, whenever you come to church and the pastor tells you, "Hey, the road that you're allowed to live on is narrow." Does it make you feel good or bad? Bad. Right? No one here feels good. No one wants to be restricted or constricted in any way. Man, I want to live my life Right. Sorry about that voice. Anyway, you know, that's what we want to do. We just want to live our own life. But the, more, the moment you hear the preacher say that you or, or God or scripture say that you need to walk down this narrow path, your whole feeling, everything within you says, hey, if I take that path, my whole life will be restricted, constricted, confined. You know, and that's what that's what we feel. You're going to pose boundaries upon the way I think. You're going to pose boundaries upon what I'm allowed to believe and what I'm not allowed to believe. You're going to put boundaries upon my whole behavior, and what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do, aren't you? And that's a repressive life. Don't repress me. Am I right? Is that how we feel? If you do, then your feelings are absolutely correct. If you are to follow Jesus, you will be constricted. You will be confined. You, be, you will be restricted. There are boundaries to what you can think and believe and behave. But there's one thing wrong with what we just said. It is not repressive whatsoever. There's a great difference between the road being narrow and the road being repressive. It is not repressive. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. We need Narrow, and that's what we don't realize as human beings, as sinful human beings. We need narrow, and this is what I mean. You know, when you walk down this narrow path, this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, "What? He's the way, He's the truth, and He's the what? Life, right? Following Him gives us life. This verse even says that this is the road that leads to life, and not just eternal life, but like fulfillment in life, a fullness." Of light, right? John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. This is what he's saying. And the way that happens is when we choose to walk down this narrow path, yes, our thoughts and our, our knowledge of God and truth become narrowed, but they also become enlarged in ways that we we never expected, to the point where it truly fulfills us as his children. Let me let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Uh, how about our thoughts about God? You know, every, you know, if you know, everybody has their own belief about who God is. Ask anyone on the street, ask your friends, hey, who do you think God is? Everyone's going to give you a different answer. Everyone's going to give you their unique picture of who God is, you know. But the moment that we actually get to know God through Christ, what happens? We learn about him through scripture, and all of a sudden we come to realize who he actually is versus who we thought he might be. And we realize that, oh my goodness, this is who God is. He's not all of these other things that everybody wishes he could be. So, in that sense, our view of God gets narrowed, doesn't it? And that's good. Because the moment our view gets narrowed about who God is, then we know who the truth of who he is, so that we can put our we can put our whole confidence and trust into who he is versus who we want him to be. This one leads to an eternal confidence and an eternal relationship with God. These things lead to self-deception and disappointment. Do you understand? We need narrow, but our hearts get enlarged as well. Our thoughts about God, it gets enlarged as well because the moment that we actually get to know Christ or get to know God through Christ, we actually see him. Have Have any of you ever seen God before or even tasted a glimpse of who God is? It is absolutely amazing, right? A vision of God explodes into our lives. This is the God that can create worlds at the sound of a word, you know, This is a God who you realize, oh my goodness, the whole universe bends and submits to him. And this is the God that loved me so much that he would send his own son to die for me. And all of a sudden, God becomes so much bigger than what our puny minds could have ever imagined yesterday. We need narrow, because it's only through narrow that our vision of God can be enlarged. Do you understand? We need this. What about our concept of salvation? It's narrow because there's only one way through Jesus Christ. He is the only way that we can be saved. So yes, it's absolutely narrow. But the moment that we get Christ into our lives, our understanding of salvation gets totally transformed from salvation becoming a destination to a person and a relationship with the Almighty God. You know? And that's absolutely huge. It becomes enlarged. We not only realize how awesome and beautiful and worthy Christ is, but all of a sudden in Christ, we realize how valued and loved and accepted and embraced we truly are. And what began, our, our concept of salvation, which began as, a, as something that we, we just need to get saved. Now we realize, oh no, salvation is not just about getting saved. Salvation is Christ's love story for me. It's his love story for the church. Narrow, because there's only one way, but enlarged because of who he is. How about our conduct? Is it restricted? Absolutely. Our conduct is absolutely restricted. It's absolutely narrowed, right? Because we now know that sin is unholy. It leads to destruction if we entertain it and live it out within our lives. We know that. We're convinced of that now, right? So we choose not to live our lives the way the world Wants us to live anymore. That's absolutely narrow. But our conduct gets absolutely enlarged because by choosing to live in holiness, we now become liberated from the slavery of our sinful nature. We become liberated from the brokenness of how sinful humanity relates with one another. And we are now free to live in holiness, free to love all people on this earth without fear fear or judgment. And we are now free to actually show people and share with people and to give people true life that comes through Christ through our lives. This is life. Narrow, yes. Restrictive, Yes. Repressive? Absolutely not. It's amazing. As a matter of fact, the only way to live fully fulfilled with your life is to walk down a narrow path, this particular narrow path. It provides freedom. It provides joy as we live for Christ. And it continually points other people within our lives to Christ and the Father. This is the life that we were always meant to live, and this is the reason why Jesus is begging us you know, to take this path only and not to even entertain the other one. The other one truly leads to destruction. So it's time to make a decision. In our passage today, Christ says that there are only two roads in life, one that leads to life and one that leads to destruction. The one that leads to life is through Christ alone, through having, putting our faith in him and continual surrender to live for Christ. Anything other than that leads to destruction. Every belief system leads to destruction. And once again, Jesus is preaching to the church, so anything besides living an obedient faith to Christ leads to destruction. And unfortunately, if you currently can't decide, or if you're kind of indifferent, you're on the road that leads to destruction because destruction, because those indifference and ignorance doesn't qualify as faith, as faith in Christ. This is the only way tough, rough truths today, but so necessary. So the heart of our passage really is not just the truth that we've shared, but the heart of our passage today is the heart of Christ. Before he even shares the choices, he says, will you please only entertain one? Fully give yourself to Christ. Fully give yourself to him. Live to live for him with all that you have. Everything else leads to destruction. No matter what you think, everything else does. So will you please have life? And will you please put your faith in Christ? So that's it. After a whole Sermon on the Mount, the bottom line is what? Are you in or are you out? Are you totally sold out for Christ or not? This is the decision that we need to make. And as your pastor, I hope that this whole past six months, you know, I hope that our journey has been such that at the end of it all, that Jesus Christ all of a sudden becomes so beautiful to you and is so compelling that all you'd want to do is give your life to live for him. Will you do that? Will you put your faith in Christ today? Will you surrender your life to Jesus today? Will you enter the narrow gate today? Let's pray. Jesus says there's only two roads. You're either in or you're out. Have you put your faith in Christ? Have you surrendered your life to live for him or not? Jesus is inviting you today to enter through the narrow gate. After all the teachings, after all the good stuff, it's time to make a decision. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to journey with him down this road. If you want to, please just put your faith in Christ. Repent of your sins. Say, God, I'm done with the life that I lived. I now want to live for you. Help me. I I can't do it on my own. We learned that we can't do it on our own. But God, I need you. I want you. And I want to walk down this path. you got to help me to do it. And he will. Maybe some of us here, we're one foot at, one foot out. He's asking you to make the decision. And the thing is, he's, he's he's appealing to your senses. He's appealing to your mind. You know. That one foot in the world leads to destruction. So choose the other path. The one that leads to life. And let's surrender what we think might be tasteful today temporarily so we can enjoy the feast of Christ forever. Let's give our lives to Jesus. I invite you to that. Let's talk with God honestly today. Let's pray. who might have given your lives to Jesus today that's absolutely awesome it's absolutely beautiful and if you're wondering what do I do now can I just invite you to do two things number one I want you to start reading the book of John in your Bibles and read about who Christ is get to know the Savior better and secondly what I'd love for you to do is I'd love for you to either SMS me or email me or get in contact with me I want to be in, in contact with you I want to talk to you about your walk with Christ. I want to be able to help you walk with Christ better. I'll maybe plug you into a CG, or if you're if you're a CG now, talk to your CG leader. That might even be better. But if you're not, then email me, talk to me. I'd love to walk with you. And you know, this is why we're here. This is what church is all about. So please do that, okay? And if you're a believer who decided to take one foot out of the world and push all in for Jesus, thank you so much. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. and Continue to grow. You know, talk with your CG leader. Talk with me. You can email me as well. And let's come up with a plan to help you grow, to help you know the Savior better. Father, we thank you so much for the things that you're doing here, for the things that you're doing within the lives of the people at Full Life Ministry, for the way that you want to grow them so badly. Father, we thank you for your spirit that continually moves our hearts and convicts our hearts and and speaks to our hearts, God, in ways God that we know that this world could not offer. And Father, we pray, Lord, as we continue to seek after you and take steps towards you, Father, that the things of this world will truly die in their in their glitter, in their attractiveness. And Father, that you truly would be so compelling that all we would want to do is live for you and love you with all that we have. God, continue to do that within our hearts, God. Help us to celebrate walking down this narrow road. What the world thinks is so repressive, Father, we know it's absolutely liberating, fulfilling. May it continue to grow like that within our hearts and within our lives, and especially through this community, so that you might truly take center stage and be glorified and exalted here. Thank you, God, so much. In Jesus' name, we